Hey friends, Andy Jenkins with the Warrior Hope Podcast brought to you by Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. We are in episode number seven of season three, and today I've got the Warrior Hope manual in front of me. I'm on page 58, if you have this. Uh, If you don't, there's a link down in the show notes for you, and I've got some other notes there for you to where you can kind of follow along, because this is another episode where I'm going to give you a lot of information. So in the previous talk, we were asking the question, hey, do I or does someone I know have post-traumatic stress disorder? And the reality is probably not because it's difficult to get a diagnosis and that, that should be rightly so, so the people who are diagnosed can get the help they need. But most of us would benefit from some help in the area of trauma. Uh, in the area of our emotions. And so I was walking you through uh, 10 criteria that are put out by the Department of U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, there's really eight questions that they have on this criteria. And then there are two additional specifications. So eight plus those two is 10. Effectively, to be diagnosed, you have to score a yes, a 10 out of 10. And, and what I said in the previous episode was, uh, in truth, most of us, we're, we're not going to hit a 10 out of 10. We're not going to get uh, all of them as a yes, 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 yes. But uh, w- what if what if half of those uh, are are true? What if, what if even only two of them or, or one of them is true? Would we say, well, I'm 90% good. I'm 50% good. I'm, you know, 70% because I only got three yeses. Uh, 70% is still passing, you know, in school. No, we, we would say, hey, you know, if, if my arm was fractured, I would fix it. You know, if uh, if if one of my eyes, you know, wasn't working 100%, like I'd get some glasses, right? So I could I could see better, that sort of thing. That's what we want to do in the area of our emotions. And so, what I would love to do is just kind of remove the stigma there. Uh, and and thankfully, that is being removed um, publicly. It's widespread now. We have mental health days. In fact, we have uh, post traumatic stress awareness times. Um, and so what we're saying is, hey, let's just normalize it and say life is beautiful, but life is also difficult. If you walk outside in the rain, you're, you're going to get wet. If you walk through life, at some point, the reality is you're probably going to experience some pain. And so let's normalize the idea of dealing with it, and then let's move forward together. Uh, in the previous episode, I walked you through the first five criteria. In this episode, I want to walk you through six, seven, eight, uh, and then... Uh, the two additional criteria, I'm labeling those as 9 and 10, but just kind of know those are two additional specifications as they're labeled here on the document um, that you can see down below in the show notes. Okay, so here's here's criteria number six. Criteria number six is the symptoms that you experience, okay, the symptoms that you experience must persist for more than one month. So here's what they're saying. It can't be the result of a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. Sometimes people even have bad weeks, but you don't have flashbacks and all these other things for a full month. And so if you've got a full month, continuous month of symptoms, then they'll go, okay, you hit a breaking point. Now, let let me do this. Let let me play a clip uh, from a 1946, so so do the do the math on that. The thing is almost 80 years old, uh, so you can see it and see like okay, it's fuzzy, black and white, uh, or you're listening to it. That's why it's a little grainy and a little crackly. 1946 documentary about people hitting their breaking point, and again when they do, 
this has got to be the result of something traumatic and it has to last for some duration of time in order to get the diagnosis. Major, who won't have any understanding of the condition, who may think of it as being a rather shameful condition. If a civilian, the average civilian, were subjected to similar stresses, he undoubtedly would have developed the same type of nervous condition that most of you fellows developed. All of us have our so-called breaking point. Here is criteria number seven. Okay, so this is required. The symptoms that you have from the traumatic event, they create distress or functional impairment, uh, meaning you can't interact socially, you might not even be able to occupationally keep your job. Uh, so let, let me give you an example of that. Uh, Sergeant Major, uh, we've referred to Sergeant Major James Bryant before. He talked to us, uh, we filmed him for the documentary Trauma Comes Home, and he talked about a man that was under his watch that at some point uh, could not go back to battle because of what he saw and eventually he had to get out of the service. Now, now that would be something, that's an extreme version of what would qualify here. Listen, listen to what he says. And I had a soldier who deployed, and he actually came upon a, what we call APC, Armed Personnel Carrier, and he encountered some uh, Iraqis who had gotten killed. And for him, that was his first time actually seeing people blown up. And, yeah. He uh, he came back and the whole time he had to be counseled and he never recovered from that and he ended up having to leave the service. So that was on a personal note that you know, no matter how much we sent him to counseling, provided counseling, he never was able to recover from that. So I wish I could have followed up with him so to see if once he got out that he did get the help that he needed, but. This was in 1990 uh, at Fort Drum, and he just got back. And so, eh, this is the only thing, you know, you wish you could do some follow-up. Now, this might apply in other areas. Again, the point of sharing some of these stories with you is not just to say, okay, that's the only way it could happen. It's just to say, hey, here's, here's an example. Let me move to criteria eight, is the symptoms are not due to medication, not due to substance abuse. So medication can be something prescribed. Substance abuse would be something that's not prescribed, that you're taking illegally or it's over the counter. It could be drugs or alcohol that are, it would be legal uh, in some sense, or, or some other illness. So you, in other words, uh, all of those have sometimes secondary responses and reactions. And so here, we're eliminating that and saying, hey, it absolutely is not due to the alcoholism and what you're using to cover up the trauma. It's absolutely not due to, because all those impairments, they create their own issues. And so what they're saying here is it has to be something that you could uh, label it and say this caused it. Now, now let me play a story here from you. This is our friend JT Cooper. Uh, who was uh, there and called in uh, when the Black Hawk Down incident occurred. Now, here, here's his story uh, from earlier in his time in service. A couple of weeks, a month or two before that, the first time I was 
asked to fire. I uh, asked my lieutenant three times. He's like, Cooper, take that guy out. Sir, you want me to, you want me to kill this guy? Yes, Cooper, fire. Sir, are you sure? I'm a 60 guy, I got the big gun, I got, sir, are you sure you want me to take this guy out? Took me three tries to pull the trigger. Not that I was hesitating, it's just this was broad daylight. This guy's taking pot shots at us from a crowd. And I got asked to kill him. It's not easy. Now, you see right there in that story, and again, I'm not diagnosing, treating, or prescribing JT, saying, hey, if something like that happened, we could go, all right, there's this precipitating event. I've been through some things. It's not my substance abuse issues. It's not my, and I'm not putting that on him either. It's just, we could say, hey, there is something that is beyond um, any other medication, substance abuse, some, something else of that nature. Now, this document here, and again, let me just read off our source. Um, it is according to the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. In order to get a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress, one must meet all of these criteria. We had five in the previous episode. I've done three here so far in this episode. And then at the bottom, it says right here, uh, two additional specifications, two additional specifications. Now, here's the first specification, and I just kind of labeled this as point number nine. And then the next specification is point number 10. Okay, so this one is the dissociative specification dissociative specification. You basically disassociate. You kind of separate yourself as what's going on. So in addition to meeting the criteria for diagnosis, all eight of those above, uh, an individual experiences high levels of either of the following in reaction to trauma-related stimuli. So when faced with the same situation, the same recall of the same events again, you do one of the following. Number one or number two. Number one or number two. Either or. Number one is depersonalization. Uh, so you have this experience of being an outside observer of or detached from oneself. So you kind of go through it and you kind of experience this isn't happening to me. Uh, or this isn't really me. It's kind of like this out of body thing or kind of like you're watching it occur, but it's not really occur. Sometimes people have been through traumatic events. They will, and I don't want to get into specifics. Uh, they will say that that's what they felt. It's like, it wasn't really me, but yet I remember it, but it wasn't really, okay. That's what we're talking about. Um, the second, it could be either or is this derealization. So you have this experience of unreality of distance or distortion, meaning things aren't real. So either one of those would hit that criteria. And then finally, uh, n number 10 is this, it's a delayed specification. So let me explain delayed specification. Full diagnostic criteria are not met until at least six months after the trauma, although the onset of symptoms may occur immediately. So like the example here is just saying traumatic event occurs and then you start feeling it on day one, day two, you start feeling it on day seven, start having symptoms even on day 30, 
Okay, so you you know when it started, but as it goes on, it, it's 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 like it's going to be that thing where they say time heals all wounds. Well, it doesn't. So if time heals this in four or five months, good, you're not going to be diagnosed. Now you might still have some stuff to deal with, but if time does not heal the symptoms in six months, okay, then if all these other criteria fit, we might have something to look at. Okay, again, the, the reality is most people aren't diagnosable, um, but um, most of us would benefit from the help in the area of our emotions. Let, let me show you something else from Sergeant Major Bryant here. Again, it's one thing to offer services. It's something different to accept to take them up on the offer. So we definitely have gotten it right, I believe. Now our leaders are doing a much better job in recognizing and not trying to offer a one-size-fit-all type of service. But hey, look, my need might be different from yours. My concerns might be different from yours. And so there's a plethora of options available to soldiers when they return. They, they if you just take advantage of them. Now, did, did you notice what he said? It's important if you need the help that when the tools are offered, you take the help. Okay, nobody can get the help for you. They can make it available. You know that statement, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's really kind of the same thing going on there. So let me do this. Uh, I'm going to point you to some resources below in the show notes as we wrap this episode of the Warrior Hope podcast. Uh, down in the show notes, we do have the Warrior Hope manual, and there is a video course that goes with that. If you want to lead a group, uh, you can do that. If you want to join a group, there may be a link down there below. If we've got one started, uh, we'll put it there as well on the website. Um, but if you want to go through that, you can watch the videos and you can get your own group and start going through that right away. Also, if you prefer to do that in a Bible study form, um, I would encourage you to grab the new Disentangled book. That's the hardback version right there. It does come in a paperback. It's a little bit cheaper. You can get that. It's a six-lesson study. Um, that is, is perfect for you to go through that and look at PTSD, moral injury, all of those topics that we've been discussing from a biblical perspective. Also, I'm going to put a link down in the show notes to the videos for you. And you say, well, what will that do? Well, sometimes just realizing that you're not alone. Uh, that other people have gone through the same experience, that you're not abnormal, that what you're enduring is totally normal, uh, that will help you as well. Again, I'm Andy Jenkins. This is the Warrior Hope Podcast, closing out episode number seven of season three, brought to you by Crosslands Foundation for Faith and Culture. I'll see you in the next episode where we're going to get into this topic. I'll front load it right here of moral injury it is that close cousin that is often misdiagnosed as PTSD, but it is something completely different. I'll see you in the next episode.